Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church All right, Texas. what's up, everybody? You good? Very good, very good. I'm happy to be here with you. So great to see all of your faces. And for all of you that are with us online, welcome. We're so glad that you are part of Oaks Church. Stay connected, stay tuned in. Uh, Cannot wait, guys. We're uh, coming in this brand new uh, series that we're starting today is called All I Want for Christmas. All I Want for Christmas. Do we have anybody here that is really, really good at making a Christmas list? Any professional Christmas list makers here? How about, how about people that never know what they want for Christmas? I'm, I'm one of those. I hardly, Jennifer's like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know. Today, I finally got inspired. I can't get inspired about Christmas until we get past Thanksgiving. I don't think it's fair to Thanksgiving to focus on Christmas. Now, we can do Christmas instead of Halloween, but I mean, not Thanksgiving, for crying out loud. But this, this concept, we're going to go into specifically the greatest gift that was ever given, the gift of Jesus Christ, is what we're going to dive into in this series. But today, I want to start, and I just want to thank you. I, can I tell you what I really want for Christmas? I want to move into our new building. That's what I want for Christmas. Come on already. Let's do this thing. We're getting closer and closer. John and Chris uh, are running point on that project for us and have done such an incredible job. Uh, we're, we're really getting close. It's starting to look good. Walls are up. Uh, we've got... Um, uh, getting all the doors are ordered. I mean, the place is, look, it's starting to look like a church, guys. It's starting to look like a church. It's getting exciting. 448 Custer is our new address right there in McKinney, Virginia, in El Dorado. And every single year uh, at Christmas time, we do what we call a best gift offering, a best gift for Jesus. And this year, what we're going to do is whatever the Lord puts on your heart that you want to give toward the ministry. That Christmas time is going to go towards our new chairs. We need chairs. And thankfully, because of your generosity, we haven't had to do any special offerings whatsoever to get into this building and do all of the construction and all that kind of stuff because you guys are so generous and you've been so faithful. So thank you for that. But we need some chairs. So as we move forward and if you begin to pray about what the Lord would have you do uh, here at this holiday season think about that and uh, we'll receive our Christmas offering on the 20th. So uh, this series is going to go through the 20th, actually through the end of the month, but we have our Christmas service on the 20th. All of our services will be here until we let you know that we're ready to move in because we can finish the work, but then we still need the city to say that we can go in there and actually occupy, but it's coming together guys and it's looking so good and I'm excited to share that with you. Now, I I grew up in Oklahoma And so there was a a guy named Garth Brooks that some of y'all know of, and we would sing his songs. I had friends in low places and all kinds of stuff, but there was one song that he would sing, and it was uh, that he thanked God for unanswered prayers. Did you ever ask for something for Christmas that you never got, and then later on you would realize it was good that you didn't get it? I had my entire childhood, I had one thing on the top of my Christmas list. My parents will remember this, they watch online. Every Christmas without fail for at least eight or nine years, the top thing on my Christmas list was a unicycle. I wanted a unicycle, I wanted to be the only kid in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 
on a unicycle. I didn't know if I was going to learn to juggle or what, but I am so thankful now. I would have never gotten this good-looking woman if I rode a unicycle for crying out loud. You can't get a date from a unicycle. That's not happening, right? It would have completely ruined my rep. My parents saved me from utter embarrassment by never buying me that unicycle. There are times in life, guys, that we think we know what we want, but we find out later in life that it wasn't what we wanted. Jennifer wanted a tall guy, <laughs> big, but instead she got like the chihuahua with a chip on his shoulder. God knew what she really wanted. She just didn't know it yet. God has a way of working on our behalf and walking us through seasons when we think we know what we want, but he actually knows what we truly want and what we truly need. God knows. God knows. Jesus even put it to this uh, point. He literally said that, that you don't even have to tell God what you need. How much, how much of our prayers are, are really kind of selfish? You ever think about that? And it's okay. Look, I mean, when you're having a conversation and you're talking to someone, you're talking about them, you're talking about you, you're talking about whatever, and you're having prayer, we need to, we need to de-spookify prayer. Prayer is just simply talking to God and listening to his response. It's just a conversation. That's all it is. You don't have to do it in King James English. You can do it in your regular language. You can pray in Spanish. You can pray in English. You can pray in French. You can pray in Ebonics. You can pray in anything you want to pray in. Pigeon. You can, pig Latin, maybe. I don't know. You can pray any way God understands, and he just wants to communicate with you. Just wants to communicate with you. He loves you, and he knows that doesn't mean that we don't still ask because Jesus said, look, he told a story about someone that went to pray and it was like the neighbor knocking on the door in the middle of the night that wouldn't go away until you finally came down and helped him. And he said, pray like that. So Jesus taught us to be tenacious in prayer. But at the same time, we need to rest in understanding that God knows what you really want. God knows what you really need. Have you ever had one of your kids tell you they wanted something because they saw a commercial? And you're like, yeah, yeah. And then you just wait because you know they're going to get over that. And, and, and then, you know, a couple weeks later, they're asking for something else. You're like, what about that? Oh, yeah, I don't want that anymore. Well, I'm glad I didn't get you that stupid little hatchimole thing or whatever it was that you thought you wanted. Whatever. What's the cra Is there a craze this year? What's the toy craze this year? PS5. PS5. Can't find them anywhere. My buddy from Colorado literally texted me this week asking me if I could find a PS5 in Texas that he would pay me extra for it. So I might have to look that up. Any of y'all help me out, we'll split the profits. It's all good. <laughs> but I want you to think for just a second, have you ever had a really bad Christmas? Have you ever had a Christmas that you got nothing that you wanted? I, I think back and I have a couple thoughts that come to my mind. One of our first Christmases as husband and wife, we were at Jennifer's parents' house and it was one of those years that we got... Um, like family gifts, you know? And so everything that I opened was actually for her because it was household things. Like I'm opening up, I'm like, oh, thanks for these hand towels. I wanted hand towels for, next thing was 
pillowcases. I love pillowcases. I mean, literally every single, and it became the joke that year at Christmas because they're laughing because I'm literally getting all, she would get the big gifts that were like the cool thing for the house and I would get her accessory is what I got to open uh, that year. And finally, the last gift came and I opened it up and it was a dog toy, a little steak dog toy. And it was like the icy on the cake. I want to throw it. I mean, I'm like, I was young. We got married early, right? 21, 22. And, and, and I was like, what the? And so, but it turns out that it was actually, it was a box of Omaha steaks. You can't put Omaha steaks under the tree, right? So I got my dog toy. It actually turned out to be a good one. Now, my brother, Kevin, I have an older brother, Kevin, and he is quite the character. And he thought as the big brother, his job was to terrorize me. And he would pull pranks on me all the time, especially at Christmas. One year, I got a dead frog in a jar, preserved. He, he did a DIY project and blessed me for Christmas with a preserved dead frog. That was wonderful. So every year at Christmas, I would wonder, what is Kevin going to give me this year? Well, one year he gave me a jar of pennies. And honey. A full jar of pennies and honey. I'm like, what the heck is this? He goes, it's money. I'm like, how much? He smiles, this little Grinch-like smile. Guess you'll have to count it and find out. I had to hand wash 3,000 pennies. Literally 3,000 pennies one at a time, but that gift turned out to be 30 bucks. And when you're 10, that's 120 video games at the local arcade back in 1983. Come on, man, we used to go to PS5, forget that. Man, we were playing Yi'ar Kung Fu. With some, you, remember, you guys remember some of these games? Come on, y'all remember? There are times in life, you're like, mm-mm, Joel, I ain't not going back with you. There are times in life, guys, where we get something, something comes into our life that we don't understand it, we don't like it, we don't think it's what we want, but as we walk out the process, we realize that God knows, and that's the situation with Jesus. The world wasn't looking for a baby born in poverty. The world wasn't looking for what God had in mind, had in store. Yes, the world wanted salvation. Yes, the Jews wanted to be rescued. But they wanted something different. They wanted a victorious warrior king on a horse that would destroy the empire of Rome and rescue them and bring them into salvation and restore their dignity and restore everything that they felt like they thought they wanted. But instead, God gave Jesus. Jesus is the greatest gift from God. God's greatest gift. As we walk through this series, we're gonna walk through what God actually gave us when he gave us Jesus. You would instantly think, he's just saying that beautiful song, I love that song, thank you worship team for doing that God so love song, I love that, it was beautiful. Um, but we know that verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, John three sixteen, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. 
God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world that all would believe. But Jesus went on to say, but, but men liked darkness more than light. And they rejected the greatest gift that was ever given. They killed the greatest gift that was ever given because they didn't understand it. It wasn't what they thought they wanted. They just wanted a temporary fix. When we were in Israel this last year, we were sitting there listening to a, a little waitress having some dinner and, and we were talking and, and she found out we were Americans and, and then she found out we were Texans and she was really interested about our politics over here and she was not a Trump fan. But she went on to describe, number one, how all of the older people in Israel absolutely loved Donald Trump because Donald Trump has been the best president for Israel that's ever existed. That's a good thing. We can celebrate something. If you like him, don't like him. He did good there. You understand that the Bible says that if you bless Israel, you'll be blessed. You better pay attention to that. Whoever blesses Israel will be blessed. Whoever curses Israel will be cursed. That's what the Bible says. So you need to pay attention to that. Make sure that you appreciate because when Israel gets blessed by us, we get blessed by God. Okay? It's an important thing. But she told us, she said, you know what? He would have never been elected here. We said, okay, why? She said, because he's not a general. He's not a warrior. We're a nation that lives at war 365 days a year. We live at war. Rockets coming across our borders, terrorists sneaking across our borders. Our enemy, you have the, the lines inside. Of, imagine being in Dallas and you go across two streets and now you're, it's Israel, but this is a Jewish neighborhood and now you're in a Palestinian neighborhood and there are 40 foot walls. When you talk about walls and oh, walls won't work. Oh yes, they do. Go to Israel. You'll see how good those walls work. Because you can't, you have people that live in neighborhoods and because they are not in, they're not allowed to cross that 30 foot concrete wall. And the, the nation is separated because it's a nation that lives at war. She said he could have never been elected here. We only elect military leaders because we live at war. And at that moment, Brandon and I turned and looked at each other and I thought, you know, that's why they couldn't pick Jesus. Jesus rode in on a donkey. A donkey is a symbol of peace. He was the prince of peace. They wanted a God of war, and they couldn't see Jesus for who he was. They couldn't recognize that he was the greatest gift that God had ever given. He was a warrior king. Guys, guess what? He's coming back, and when he comes back, he ain't on a donkey. When he's coming back, he's coming back on a white horse, and he's got Lord of Lords and King of Kings tattooed on his thighs. He's got a sword coming out of his mouth. He looks like lightning. When he comes back, he's coming back in power, and he's coming back for us. But when he came the first time, he came in peace. And he came in meekness and he came in as a lowly baby. Why? Because God had prophesied 650 years earlier that a baby would be born that would save the world, that a virgin would give birth, and the baby that would be born would be the Son of God. This passage in Isaiah 9, verse 6. This is why Jesus came the way he came. It's because God had spoken something, and when God speaks something, it's written in eternity. It echoes in eternity. God doesn't, guys, we just flippantly say stuff. We just say stuff. 
Anybody here just say stuff? Anybody think out loud? And, and then all of a sudden, something, somebody's running with something you said. You're like, ah, I was just thinking. I hadn't made a decision yet. Just, a, just a coming off the top of the dome here. When God says it, it's established in eternity. That's why scientists can't figure out it can't, can't, this massively ever-expanding universe because everything's expanding at the speed of light. They can't keep up with it. Why is it expanding? Why is it ever-expanding? Because God said, let there be light. And there was light. And he never said, okay, that's enough. So he made one declaration. And light has been ever-expanding since. God made this promise, Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and, over his, and, and on his kingdom and establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate says, so you're the king of the Jews? Jesus, I love the conversation. You should go back and read the conversation that Jesus has with Pontius Pilate. Jesus is such a smart aleck in this conversation. Pontius Pilate is like, look, you know that I hold your life in my hands, right? And Jesus like, only because my daddy gave you the authority that you currently hold right now. That's the only reason you can even talk with me. So you're saying you're the king of the Jews? Is this your idea, Pontius Pilate? Is this what you think of me? Hey, Jesus was like playing with him. It, there's an, actually a book uh, called the, the Ark of Volumes. It's the Act, Acta Pilates is another translation of that. And it's a book that was translated in the basement of the cellars of the Vatican and brought out and published. And it describes, it actually was Pontius Pilate's um, uh, diary, his, his journal inside of it. And he literally describes his interactions with Jesus. And in this journal, it literally says that when he looked at Jesus, he was more terrified than he'd ever been in his entire life because he had never seen so much authority inside of a single man. The government will rest upon his shoulders. The greatest gift ever given was given in Jesus. And they didn't recognize it. They didn't recognize it. See, the story, this Christmas story, is a beautiful story of a surprise. The angel Gabriel shows up. He shows up at the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah was the high priest. Gabriel shows up and says, hey, Zach, I got a surprise for you. Don't be afraid. You've been asking for a baby. Your wife has been praying and praying and praying for a baby. And you're going to have that baby. And he's going to be a special child. You're going to name him John. And he's going to baptize people. And he's going to walk in the same anointing of Elijah. And he's going to fulfill and bring joy. And he's going to bring the Messiah. He's going to open the door for the Messiah to come. I came from heaven, Zach. And I'm telling you, your prayer is going to get answered. And Zechariah was old. He was shrewd. He'd been around the block. And he had the audacity 
to look the angel Gabriel in the face and say, look, bro, you're gonna have to prove this, man. I'm old, my woman's old. I, I mean, I don't even know how this could possibly even happen. How, how can I be sure that this can happen? Can I tell you that's not a good thing to say to Gabe? Gabriel, literally, he was like, do you know who I am? I'm stinking Gabriel. I stand in the throne room of heaven. And because you've said this, that's the last thing you will say for 40 weeks. And Gabriel literally silenced Zechariah for the entire pregnancy, he could not utter a single word. He had to have a little chalkboard and write his little messages. Maybe the same night, maybe a couple weeks later, we don't know, the same angel, Gabriel, shows up at a little girl's house. A little girl named Mary, 15 years old. That's what he says, watch this. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. This is Luke 1, verse 28. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondering what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. Jesus means the Lord saves. The greatest gift, the greatest gift God ever gave was his salvation. Now, next week, we'll talk about what salvation really means. Because, it, it, yes, it means you're going to heaven. It means you'll live in eternity with God. But it means a whole lot more than that. The greatest gift God's ever given. As we walk through this series, you're going to understand the fullness of the salvation of Jesus Christ. What you were actually given through the sacrifice of his blood. He will be great. He'll be called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm still a virgin? I want you to note the difference between Zacharias and Mary. Zacharias's response was, how can I be sure of this? What proof can you have? I'm old and so is my woman. Mary's response was, how can this be? I don't know the first thing about any of this baby making stuff. I'm a virgin. Got my V card. She's asking an innocent question. Listen, all you single folks, keep your V-card for crying out loud. Save it. It's worth it. Save it. Save it. Everybody wants new furniture. So I'm going to walk on. I'm going to leave that one alone right there. Since I'm a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy will be born will be called the Son of God. Not just any baby. The Son of God will be born. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month right now. Watch, watch. For no 
word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be to me fulfilled. Will your word to me be fulfilled? And then the angel left her. Can I tell you, there's a very big difference between these two stories. Elizabeth had been praying for a baby for decades. She was barren. Mary had never been praying for a baby. She, that's not what she wanted for Christmas. Mary was looking for a nice little ring. She had a little engagement thing going on with Joseph. She, she was looking forward to a new life with her new husband. Maybe one day. But a virgin birth, I'm going to get pregnant before I'm married. Y'all, that's not necessarily a goal in any culture. But in this culture, it was so drastic that when Joseph found out about it, he's going to divorce her. They're just engaged. But he, look, he, it wasn't consummated. I haven't been with her. If she's pregnant, oh, immaculate conception. Right. Good one. Gabriel showed up to him as well. Gabe was busy, man. Gabe was making his rounds. Talked to Joseph too. Here's how it's going down. So Joseph obeyed the Lord. He was an honorable man. And the son of God was born. See, the greatest gift that would ever be given was given through someone that didn't want it, didn't ask for it. But they were willing to walk it out. Can I tell you, there have been time after time in my life where the greatest gifts from God that I've ever received have been something I said I never wanted. From the time I was five and recognized, I mean, my parents are the most wonderful parents. They're extremely incredible and wonderful and were very spiritual. They're my entire, I, I, I mean, I've got the most incredible spiritual lineage coming through my parents. It's amazing. But my mom named me after two prophets. Come on, that's setting a kid up for a little bit of pressure. When you're telling the kid every single day of the prophecies over his life and who he's going to be and what he's going to do for God and all this kind of stuff. And, and I'm five years old with all this pressure being named Joel Nathaniel, the declarer of God and the gift of God. I told Jennifer I was the gift of God and she believed me. It's my middle name. <laughs> But, but this, this prophecy over my life before I was ever born that was echoed throughout my life. And from the time I was five years old, I had decided I don't ever want to be a preacher. I don't want to be a pastor. They can't have any fun. They're going to be in church all the time, read their Bible, sing out those old books. Why would I ever want? I want to do what I want to do. For 20 years, I said I'd never be a pastor until I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and realized that I would never be satisfied in life until I, until I obeyed the call of God on my life and moved towards full-time ministry. And then for the next 20 years, I said, I will never start a church. I've done this twice. I've got 40 years of being wrong in my life. And, and this church, you, the greatest joy I've ever had 
the greatest challenge, the greatest thrill, the greatest satisfaction. The, the, for, for me, I'm all about a project. I, 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 need something, I need something important to do. I've never cared about how much money I made. I didn't care about money until I got married and had kids. Then you have to care about money. It's not about that to me. It's about doing something important. And you're the greatest gift God has given me for the work of God in my life. My number one calling is my own family. It's the most important thing to me. My God and my family, but then you're my family. And I would never asked for this, but it's God's will. He's called us together. We've got a massive purpose. There are tens of thousands of people in this region that you're going to reach, that your voice is going to reach, that are inside of your spheres of influence, that you're going to invite, and you're going to introduce them to the greatest gift that God has ever given, the gift of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, tens of thousands of people. This will be a church of massive evangelism. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people will get saved through Oaks Church, through you, through you. It's our destiny. It's our future. So the question is this, how do you respond to God's gift? How do you respond when God brings something in your life that you don't think you want? Have you ever had someone in your life that you didn't want in your life? You ever had someone in your life that you prayed would be out of your life? Just to find out God put them there? Because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. He's trying to forge you into something. And, and you're, you're a weapon for him. And iron can only be sharpened by iron. So you have people in your life that challenge you. If you're surrounded by only gooey people, how sharp will you be? You need those people that push your buttons. You need those people that challenge you. I, I make it my, I make it my, my point in, and I, I make it intentional to surround myself on purpose with people that will challenge me. Why? I want to be better. I want to stay the same. I didn't marry someone that wouldn't challenge me. I, man, I, I could have married a little church girl that would just want to be a cute little whatever. I married a woman. She makes me better. Sometimes I don't like how she makes me better, but she makes me better. I make her better. Come on, guys. We need that. We need those gifts of God. Did you, under, you understand that Jesus is the greatest gift that God has ever given? You know the second greatest gift? You. You're the greatest gift that you can ever give to somebody else. You. At the end of the day, your kids don't care what's under the tree. They do, but they don't. What they care is that you're there and you're engaged and you're involved. They're not going to remember all the presents and all the whatever, half the time they're done with it before, before you've even had dinner. What they'll remember is you being there and you being engaged. You're the greatest gift to your family. You're the greatest gift to God's people. That's why the commandment of Jesus is love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. You've got to be the gift. And in this season, as we begin to understand and unwrap who Jesus is to us, how will you respond to the gift of God in your life? How generous will you be with who you are? 
with what he's given you? How generous will you be with your gifts, your talents, your time, your finances? How generous will you be? How will you respond to God's gift? Today you have the opportunity to respond to the gift of Jesus. Maybe you're here with a friend. Maybe, maybe you've, you've grown up around the things of God, but, but you've potentially never actually given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never actually prayed. You grew up in church, you grew up around it, but maybe you've never actually prayed a prayer and literally given yourself to Jesus and asked him to come in and take over and be the ruler of your life. How will you respond to the greatest gift God ever gave, the gift of Jesus Christ, that through putting your faith in him, you could be forgiven for all your sins? The first gift that you get, I'll give you the teaser, the first gift you get from Jesus is the gift of righteousness, that you can be made right with God regardless of what you've done. And let me take it one step forward. Regardless of what you're gonna do in the future. That's a scary one right there. But let me tell you something. The gift of Jesus Christ is so powerful that he didn't just say, when he died, it was 2,000 years ago. He died and paid for all of your sins 2,000 years ago. Before you were ever on the planet, he paid for your sins. He didn't just pay for the ones you've already done. He paid for the ones you're still gonna do. Darren, you think you're done sinning? Eric? Right? Chris sure ain't done sinning. My God, I saw him dance the other day. Randy's keeping Jesus in business with his sins. Man, Jesus got to keep just paying for it. Pay, no, he paid for it, guys. He paid for it already. That doesn't give us the license to go be a moron, but it gives us the freedom to know that when we mess up, we've got an advocate with the Father and he's already paid for our sins and we've got to come and repent and get right with him. Guys, you have access to the creator of the universe through faith in Jesus Christ. It's good news. The greatest gift ever given. Would you just say yes to Jesus today? All across this room, just say yes. Say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I make you my Lord. My master, I believe you came and you died and you rose again and you're coming back again. And I make you my Lord. Bring me into your family in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Look, if you made that decision today and you really, for, for real, you gave yourself to Jesus. Would you be so bold when I count to three to just put your hand in the air? That's all I'm going to ask you to do. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to come up here, put you on a mic. I'm not going to ask you to tell us what you got forgiven for. I'm not going to do anything stupid like that. Just raise your hand and be acknowledged. Why? Because Jesus said, if you'll acknowledge me in front of people, I'll acknowledge you in front of my father. That's why. Anybody here in the room, today I got right with God. That's me. Go. One, two, three. There's one right there. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I got right with God today. Anybody else? Maybe you're online. Maybe you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're watching on Facebook. Shoot us a message. You can put it down in the little chat portion or you can shoot us an email at info at oakschurch.com. We want to be there for you. We want to help you. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. 
It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.